Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I want to tell you about a great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and of course, that is the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal.com or call 1-855-5000-LAW. They handle cases including but not limited to car accidents, slip and falls, and traffic tickets. I can tell you that they do a really good job with that because they just got mine thrown out. They've got a new 15,000-square-foot office that has opened on I-95 in North Miami. We actually work out of that office with MC and come say hello to us too, and they'll handle cases from all over the state. Call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation and ask about the special on traffic tickets starting at $49.95. That's onecalllegal.com, 1-855-5000-LAW. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. I'm Ethan Skolnick here, as I usually am, with Alf954, Alfon Sydney. You also know him as. Check out the other podcasts in our network. Of course, we've got 12 other podcasts in our network now. Certainly three yards per carry. Just did a big thing on Jadavian Clowney as we follow that. We've got like a Dorian tracker, a Clowney tracker, a Beal tracker, and a Rosen Fitzpatrick tracker. All going on right now on our website, fivereasonsports.com. And because you guys are sick, uh, basically when I said, which track are you following the closest, you picked Bradley Beal, um, not Dorian. So it may blow over your house, but uh, all you care about is Bradley Beal. Also, um, definitely check out Fish Tank. They did a big episode with Chris Chambers this week, Jason Taylor and Jeff Darlington the two previous weeks, and they've got Randall Hill in there next week. And Five Rings Canes dropping a new ep with – Alex Dono and Larry Bluestein as we speak. So definitely check out that feed. All right. Our guest today, is this the fourth time, George, that you've been on with me on this? Like four? I don't five. know. It's been it's been a bunch of times. It's been a bunch. Every time we can't find a guest, we go to you. Um, pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh Sedano at follow him at Sedano ESPN. Um, and I uh, certainly, obviously, you know, follow him on the jump, follow him on uh, you know, all he's big time. Follow him on uh, I mean not on PTI yet, but No, around know, the horn. Yeah. Around the horn, you will be eventually. Uh, so follow him on ESPN. Um, try to avoid Paul Feinbaum. Um, but certainly you can Uh-oh. follow follow Sedano <laughs> and Israel and all the others. <laughs> South Florida, not so happy with ESPN at the moment. But they're happy with George. Um, so we'll go there. We're going to talk NBA today. Um, you know, I said when we came on, maybe we would talk a little L.A. Uh, but nobody wants to hear you talk about L.A. They want to hear you talk about the Heat. So we're going to shift yeah. right to that. I'm kind of tired of talking about L.A. too, to be honest with you. Well, I think the whole country is going to be tired of you and everybody else talking about L.A. I mean, isn't the whole basically well, ESPN's I mean, whole operation is in Los Angeles now, essentially for basketball? Like, isn't I mean, Rachel's there? You're there. Windhorse is there all the time. Like, isn't I mean, basically, I mean, ESPN really. just moved to L.A. I mean, we have it's the reason we have an office. Right. I mean, but uh, Stephen A. lives in New York and, uh, mm. you know, uh, uh, Maria Taylor, who is going to be also one of the hosts yes. of Countdown, allegedly. Uh, um, is uh, is a uh, is a New York-based reporter. So I mean, there's plenty of people in New York. Okay. Yeah. Where well, does Paul uh, Pierce live? 
Uh, he lives in LA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is Paul Pierce? Well, I, I can't. I, that's inside baseball. Is Paul Pierce sticking around, George? In any capacity? No, it's, it's not my day to run the network, Ethan. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's my day to run this network. So, so wait, <laughs> is, it, is, it, is this whole podcast going to be putting George in weird positions? To... Yeah, basically. That's, <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I do. All right. Let's, let's put him in a position he's more comfortable. Um, so, the Heat. You are like, I mean, I, I don't think Israel really does it. So it's really you at this point. And Dan, Dan's not on there enough. Uh, where, where I feel like you're like the last person left at ESPN who cares about the Miami Heat. Uh, like, Pretty I, much, we, yes. Right? Pretty I, right? Much. We, went, we went from 2010 to 2014 where it was all anybody cared about because they all hated us. And now we've gotten to the point where nobody gives a damn. Nobody takes us seriously. Jimmy Butler was the greatest player ever when he was in Philadelphia. And now he's a dog. Josh Richardson is now a three-time All-Star because he's gone to Philadelphia. Like, that's the way it feels to Heat fans. You're inside that place. You're on all these shows. You do the basketball shows. Do you feel that, or are we just paranoid? I think it's a little of both. I think it's your paranoid. Um, and I also think that there is a bit of, for lack of a better term, um, real buzz behind the Heat, at least amongst many of my colleagues. And not just my colleagues, just people in general who cover the NBA. Um, I happen to think, and Ethan, you and I have talked about this, and I said this on the jump um, a couple weeks ago, we did like over-unders, and I thought the Heat at 43 was a good over-bet. I had them winning 47 games. I actually just did a five-on-five last week or maybe two weeks ago now on ESPN.com where five of our reporters do five different questions. And one of the questions was, which is the most underrated team in the Eastern Conference based on the over-unders? And I said Miami, um, because I said, if you look at Eric Spolster, if you give him a top 15 player, he's going to win, you know, over 45 games. I think it's going to be 47 this year in that range. Um, I think that they could be potentially close to 50, depending on health, particularly to Butler. Um, And I think there's some addition by subtraction. You get rid of a, a guy like Hassan Whiteside, I think that caused a lot of grief. In the locker room, I think that helps. And just Spo, like Spo is really bleeping good at what he does. Um, and now I've got a lot of we respect Spo. We just don't know about the rest of that roster around Jimmy. Um, you're depending on Hero to be a really good shooter as a rookie. There's not a lot of shooting on there. Look, all those are valid concerns, but I just feel like Eric finds a way to make all those things work. The last time he had a top 15 player, uh, in this case, it was Dwayne Wade at the time, I think still in 2016, though maybe you can make the case it was even stretched to 20 uh, as far as top 20 player. Um, they won 48 games. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that 47 is not unreasonable. When I said it on the jump, I got a few laughs from some of the people in the background, not necessarily on the air. Um, they were a little surprised that I said that on the air, the, my colleagues. Send me their names, George. Send me their names. You're not going to know who any of those people are because they're people that work <laughs> behind the scenes. Um, but I, I called them out. I said, oh, you guys are laughing behind the scenes. Watch. Um, so I was willing to bet one of the Knicks fans. Um, it's funny. I, quick aside story. One of the producers of the jump is a big Knicks fan. His name is Steve Martinez. Really good guy, despite the fact he's a Knicks fan. And mm-hmm. um, he bet me before the season, like during the off season, like before free agency, who will have a better season next year, the Heat or the Knicks? And I said, we'll bet dinner on it right now. And he's like, yeah, done. I said, I'll take the heat on that. And because I didn't think they were getting Durant. And he clearly did. And now he's going to owe me a fancy dinner somewhere. (laughs) Um, And he's one of those guys that kind of chuckled. And I said, Steve, do you want to bet on that too? You want to owe me a second dinner? Um, Uh So, 
yeah, it's uh, – I'm bullish on the Heat being uh, a team that's going to be a four or five seed this year in the East. Well, listen, George, that first 10 minutes put you back in the good graces of every Heat fan in Miami. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> but what do you think it is? Do you think it is the lack of a second star? Do you think it's that people don't know what, to, what they're going to get from Justice or Bam? What is it that is, um, is causing so many people in the national media to just discount the Heat? Because you'll see a list of, like, top ten off-seasons and somehow the acquisition of Jimmy Butler is nowhere on that top 10. What, what is going on with the national perception? People are down on Jimmy for whatever reason um, as, like, a lead guy. Um, they look at Chicago as the last time he had a similar-type roster, I guess, and that didn't work out so great. Uh, I look at it differently. Uh, and granted, there's no one on the Heat that's as good as Carl Anthony Towns, but there's, the East is nowhere near as good as the West. But – if you look at two seasons ago, when Jimmy first got to Minnesota, the T-Wolves ended up an eight seed. But Jimmy got hurt almost, I want to say, the last month of the season before they went into the playoffs. Um, and they were a three seed before he got hurt with basically a month to go in the West. So I do think that Jimmy is, again, a top 15 player in this league. I think he's got an elite level coach. Uh, someone I clearly believe is a top two or three coach in the NBA, unlike some of my other colleagues. Uh, and okay. and, uh, <laughs> and I think that the other thing that they're down on, Alf, is what you pointed out. I think it's the unknown. And the unknown can consist of, okay, how much better can Justice Winslow get? Uh, how much better can Bam Adebayo get? Uh, how healthy will Goran Dragic be? You know, he's getting to that age where you start to question, okay, he had his first real serious injury of his career. How does he bounce back from that? Can he bounce back from that? The biggest predictor of future injury is past injury. All those things kind of working against them. Um, and, yeah, as you pointed out, no second star. All those things, I think, are factors, and, and I would classify that under the unknown. I think when you look at, um, in particular, out of bio, because um, justice – Look, there was buzz on Justice coming out of college. Obviously, they won a national championship. Um, there was feeling that Justice slipped further than he should have. There was a lot of talk the Knicks were going to take Justice. So, like, I, I feel like in the national media space, there's a lot. There was enough attention on Justice, and you know, and obviously Danny Ainge offered up his entire draft, which, as it turned out, considering what Danny Ainge ended up with, he probably shouldn't have done it. Uh, you know, or it probably it might have worked out better than what ended up happening, but. Out of bio, like I don't feel like he's in the national consciousness at all. Like the like Colin Coward, like to me symbolized that, right? And I know you you go back with Colin, but like it it, it symbolized that whole thing where Joy, you know, Joy Taylor had to basically explain to him who Bam Adebayo was. Like I feel like that captures it. Like I don't think anybody thinks, I don't think anybody outside of Miami who saw the flashes last year and kind of knew what was happening behind the scenes and how badly the team wanted him to play over Hassan, but they didn't want to piss off Hassan when Hassan was actually behaving. Like, I feel like nobody outside of Miami thinks Bam Adebayo is going to be anything more than, like, a seventh man on a team. Like, I, and I, and I, I don't know, you know, the whole thing with Vegas and what actually happened there and why he was jettisoned from the team, I, I think that's clouded this a little bit. But, like, to me... Is there someplace in between what Heat fans seem to think Bam's going to be now, which is maybe a face of the franchise, potentially, or at least one of the top three guys on it, and what the national media seems to believe, which is they don't even know who the hell he is. 
Like, uh, yeah, is it I mean, somewhere look, in between? It, yeah, it's got to be in between. Like, I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen enough from him to be, like, future face of the franchise. Like, I'm not there. Um, I think he is a – at least his floor is a good starter at a position that, let's face it, has changed. Um, I know that he shows flashes of handling the ball and, you know, but these Heat fans also think he's Giannis. Like, let's relax on that a little bit, right? (laughs) Let's not do that. (laughs) Okay, now now you're back out of the good graces of the Heat fans. (laughs) Because he doesn't think he's Giannis? Come on, Alp. I mean, again, we got to have a little bit of discipline on this. Have you met met Heat fans? I mean, come on. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's not Giannis. Let's slow down. Um, but I think his floor is a, a really a good starter, right? Like a guy who's going to play 30 minutes a night, like a much more athletic version of, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to limit him. Right. So like, I would say right now, you're going to say Capella, aren't you? Cause that's where we no, always go. Well, I, I would say he's a better version of that right now. And he's still right. way younger. Right. Right. So right. I think his ceiling is higher than Capella. Capella got played off the floor. Uh, yeah. Bam Adebayo can cover five positions. Like mm-hmm. Capella can't dream of doing that, um, even as good as he is defensively. And he's very good. Um, so I, I think that he's already surpassed Capella. Um, so I, I think his floor is way higher than that. Um, but I think right now, like he's in that range at this stage of his career in year two or whatever. Um, but that's pretty good, I would say, for a guy who just got paid five years, $80, 90000000 million or whatever it was. Um, I, I, and I think he's ahead of him already. I think that's good growth for, for Bam Adebayo. But I'm not ready to say that he's going to be Giannis. Like, that's crazy talk. Like, let's slow down. Okay, George, with, this, with the second group of guys, and this is one of the things where I say that he can go from a 43-win to a 48-win team, 49 wins, is if that second group of guys, if somebody shines, who do you think out of, let's say, Goron, Dion? J.J. Myers Leonard out of that uh, even Derek Jones Jr. out of that group who do you think is going to take who's going to have the biggest impact this year well for them to have real success it's going to have to be Goron and Dion um, I think I that, agree with that you know we saw what they were capable of in a very small sample size that uh, everyone including the uh, organization got duped by um when they signed to those long-term deals particularly Dion and JJ um but they're never gonna live that summer down ever I'll say this I was one of the few who wasn't yeah I I was one of the few that wasn't duped like I was sitting there screaming like you can't do this this is ridiculous um and I I never argued with you once but George but George don't go back in my Twitter feed and check but I never (laughs) I never argued with you about that. But, George, you know why they did it, right? Like, I, I mean, I, to me, it's, it's all about Pat, and it's about what uh, – you yes. and I have discussed this. It, it's, it's all about, uh, you know, basically the way that the big three broke up, his barbecue team, I call it. Like, they were supposed to have barbecues till the end of time. They were going to be – I mean, Miami was going to fall into the sea, uh, but, you know, they were still going to be having barbecues with their families. Like, this, this generational team, this link that got broken by LeBron and – and then, you know, LeBron, they all, this is the thing, George, they all left angry. Like, I know that happens to dynasties and many dynasties, but LeBron didn't want to stay. Bosch was upset, but it wasn't because of anything the Heat did. I mean, it, well, it was because he thought it was, but, I mean, that, they've reconciled on that. But it wasn't Correct. that wasn't their fault. Dwayne, right? Wade, yeah. Wade, Wade was their fault, absolutely. freaking Okay, yeah. and, and, yeah, and I, I will 
I will leave that to the end of time. Um, but they all, all the rest of them, Miller got amnestied. Shane really wasn't that happy by the end. Ray wasn't talking to Spo the last year. Um, you know, Rio was telling, you know, telling me in the locker room before they traded him, like one of these MFers going to decide what they're doing with me. Um, you know, Chris Anderson got banished for, for cap money or for, for tax money, like the whole damn team. Like that. I mean, literally the whole damn team. I mean, the only one was UD, right? <laughs> the, the rest of them all left angry. And so, you know, to me, what happened in 16 was pretty simple. I mean, you know, Pat sentimental, like you and I've talked about this, like he sent him for all oh, the cutthroat he, he, stuff. He's, like, he's too know. sentimental. He's too sentimental sometimes. Well, look, right. well, he, he, that team that won the first championship, he got sentimental over them. And he, yeah, and then he clapped he made, them off the floor when he got swept by, by Luol Deng, right? Like right. that, that's, and then, yeah. and, and, the, and the teams in the late nineties, which I know you grew up with. Right. Um, and, and I covered and everything. I mean, like, uh, the teams in the late 90s, like, he would not break up that core. Like, my, my buddy Greg Stoda at the Palm Beach Pros wrote the same damn column after every time they lost the Knicks. Like, they need to break up the core. And they came back with the same core. And then when he finally did it in 2000s, oh, got sick. Right. Uh, so you know, he finally yeah. and, and Timmy got old. In, in, Timmy got old, and he brought in, you know, he brought in Eddie and Brian and and, uh, and Mace. And, and you know, it, he had a real team there. And then, you know, with Bruce Bowen and, and, and Tim and, and Zoe. That I'm team, if that team was healthy, that team could have been um, yeah. the first championship team. Had everything played out. I agree. Right? I agree. No, that was a brilliantly built team. But that, but it yeah. felt – but he waited forever to do it because he got sentimental about P.J. Brown and about MASH and about that group and Vashon. And yeah, Dan, one, and one, year too, one year too, too late. Right. So, so I didn't know Zoe was going to get sick. And then they had bad luck with Zoe and Bosch, obviously, which most organizations, you know, it's difficult to endure that once. They had to endure it right. twice. Well, so but let's not, let's not make it seem like they haven't had good luck either, okay? Like, right. they have had good luck. They had good luck drafting Dwayne. Uh, they had good luck that they got Shaq to, uh, you know, to con convince Shaq to come to Miami. All right? They got – they had before all that, they had good luck that Anthony Carter's agent, Bill Duffy, yes. had to leave. Uh, you yes. know, one, one, of, one of the most, one of the most competent agents in the NBA in NBA history, a guy who a represented lot. Yao Ming somehow forgot right. to process that contract. Right. Anthony and, Carter, which then basically created the chain reaction of Elton Brand into Lamar Odom, into Shaq, right. into eventually the opportunity um, to piece it together so they can get LeBron and Wade and Bosch together. So, and then he, and then he ends up making a deal with Elton Brand to get Jimmy Butler. And now Anthony Carter may end up being the coach of the heat after Eric Spolster finally steps aside. So it all comes full circle, George. All Correct. Of uh, yes. So they've <laughs> had good luck and some bad luck. Um, but yes, look, the 2016 and 17 off seasons, they're still paying for those sins. That's the reality of it. Right. No, exactly. And, and so uh, we'll get, all right. I want to, when we come back, we're going to come back in one second. Uh, I want to get into L.A. a little bit with you because I, I think it, it plays into what happens with the rest of the league and how the rest of the league operates. We'll be back in a second with George. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. I'm the first want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. It's a Miami institution. It is Magic City Casino, and specifically the high. You spell that J-A-I. That's for high lie. But it's not just Highlight. They've got Highlight there. Alf and I checked it out last week. But they've also got unbeatable drink specials, a live DJ, an indoor lawn game area. They even had uh, M&Ms, which I, I particularly – you know, M&Ms and Corona. That's a great combination. The High is going to be Miami's newest hotspot on Friday and Saturday nights. We're probably going to do a Canes watch party out there. So check that out. So live the high life. Again, that's at Magic City Casino. And come join us for a future watch party. 
You know, it's football season, and of course that means betting on football, college and pro, at least tiding over until our basketball town gets back to the NBA and the Heat. But that brings us to another sponsor of the show. That's MyBookie.com. MyBookie is your play to bet and win, and with many deposit and withdrawal options, you win and MyBookie pays. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They have the most rewarding player perks in the business and get this you can even bet on over under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game that's stretching it but if you want to do it go for it my bookie also has handicapping contests like the one hundred fifty thousand dollar my bookie super contest the fifty thousand dollar 2019 survivor contest and their seventy five thousand march madness contest and more visit my bookie online today that's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and use the promo code five to receive a match bonus of up to one thousand dollars on your first deposit the promo code once again is five f-i-v-e bet with my bookie win and get paid and now back to the episode all right, back here with George, and we're going to go out to L.A., which is where you are right now. Yeah, we can't finish is... talking about the Heat. I want to talk about what they're going to look like. All right, so, okay, talk about what they're going to look like. What are they going to look like? Then we'll go to Los Angeles. Go ahead. Right, our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Let's, take a, let's look at the Eastern Conference, Alf. I'm sorry, did you want to say something? No, no, I, I also want to hear your starting five when you, when, you know, build that into it because I, I, I'm really interested to see what, what the uh, national perception of what that starting five should look like. If it were me, I would start um, Goron, Justice, Jimmy, Bam, and at the four, I mean, Olenek if he's healthy, right? Um, you know, if not, JJ, I guess. You don't really have much of an option there, I guess. Um, or Myers Leonard, but I think you go with Kelly. Yeah, I'd rather have Olenek. I'd rather bring Le- Myers Leonard off the bench. And I, I think uh, uh, the only way, other place we disagree is Goron. I would, I would actually prefer Dion out there. Just because I and I and Ethan and I have talked about, it. I just think Goran coming off that bench, if he's healthy and having a good season, he's that is a really good six man. Um, and I think that he would just add a really big punch to the bench. But yeah, well, maybe the, maybe the lineup I've, I just brought out was more the closing lineup potentially, right? Like I don't know. Yeah, there um, you go. I think it just depends, right? Like I think you got to ride the hot hand if you're Eric. Um, but that's what I would look like. Here's the thing about the Eastern Conference. Everyone is super high on the Nets. I'm not. I'm super down on the Nets. First I, I of all, they're, they're not surprising anyone this year. Everyone knows that the team is pretty good, right? No one is surprised that Karis LeVert is a really good damn player now, right? Um, yeah, Kyrie is good. Um, but I actually think that Kyrie will come out gangbuster and then eventually 
it's going to be the same stuff with Kyrie as the lead man. So I, I don't think they're going to be better than the Heat record-wise. Uh, I don't think Indiana's going to be better than the Heat record-wise because I don't know how healthy Victor Oladipo is going to be to start the season. Mm-hmm. And I, I still think they have pieces that don't fit, even though defensively I think they'll be good. But Malcolm Brogdon as your second-best player, like I think that's a downgrade from Boyan Bogdanovich. Okay. So um, I, I think they could be better than Indiana too, for that matter. So I look at the teams up the top, um, look, Philly and Milwaukee are clearly going to be the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, I think the Celtics should be the third best team, but I'm not guaranteeing that. Um, and then how I bad is that defense going to be? Yeah, yeah, that that's going to be well. Jalen Brown is an excellent defender, but yeah, they don't have a lot of great defenders. I mean, the um, new he'll scheme it a little bit though. I but but I I, yeah. think, I, I think the Heat are going to be better than the Celtics. I do. I, I know people think I'm crazy on that, but I think I, it's I, possible. I, I just don't like the Celtics. Look, look, Kemba, I, I respect Kemba, um, what he's accomplished. I would not have given him that max. But he's not, for all the issues with Kyrie from a locker room perspective, he's not Kyrie as a player. He's, he's not. It, uh, and so I think you've taken a bit of a downgrade there. He's somebody, again, defensively who can be – he's not as bad as Isaiah was, but it's like they're right back where they were now, where they got to scheme up for a smaller guy at the point guard position. And now they don't have the interior people they had before. You know, you don't have Horford, right? You don't have – so it's like I don't I, – I think they're going to – I think they are going to have some trouble keeping guys out of the lane. You said Jalen Brown's a good defender. He is. But I don't know what Hayward's going to look like this year. And even if Hayward's good, like he plays the same position as Jalen Brown. He plays the same position basically well, as Tatum. Well, but they could play those three guys together. Um, you could have a starting lineup there of um, Kemba, Tatum, Hayward, and Brown, and whatever big man they're going to roll out there, Robert Williams Can- or whatever. Canner? Yeah, or no, not Canner. They, I would start Williams. I actually think Williams is going to be a good defender if he can just yeah. keep his head on straight. Um, so I, I think that's kind of what I would roll out there if I were Brad. Um, and, and I think that – I think the challenges they're going to have, as you pointed out, Ethan, is that they're going to be – you can scheme against them. Like Kemba is diet Kyrie. Yeah. Um, but with, but the, the advantage of that is he doesn't bring any of the baggage. No, so, no. like he is a good guy in the locker room. Yes. So I, I think that there'll be some – some part of their of their team will 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 be better just because they don't have the weight of having Kyrie in their locker room. Like, here's a legit story from, and I've told this on on TV before. Like, I did a couple of Celtics games this year, and I was at one game. I want to say in like January against Dallas, and I was talking to someone from Boston, and they said to me, "He is just a it's about Kyrie. He's just a strange dude." He goes weeks without talking to people around here. Yep. Like weeks. <laughs> like you can't be the leader of a team and be the guy that doesn't talk to people. Weeks. But George, like George, I, George, I told you when I, when I covered Cleveland in 2014, 15, the first thing that yeah. people told me was that nobody in the locker room had Kyrie's number. Right. Like, I remember like you how, telling me that. Like, like how, how is that? And, and so and it got perceived like Dion was the problem there because Dion and Kyrie didn't talk very much and you know but when you talk to people everybody in the team liked Dion personally didn't like Kyrie but didn't like Dion's playing style and that's kind of why Dion had to go but they as a human being they liked Dion better 
Kyrie is difficult. I mean, I that first year, I mean, you know, I mean, I know you know Griff a little bit. I mean, like some of the stuff they dealt with with Kyrie that first year that LeBron was back was really problematic, and a lot of it spilled over. I mean, if you remember um, the game in Portland, well, the, the game, game in Portland, the, the where game, LeBron just yes. quit, like just like no, he has no one assist, no assist, no assist. But it was so it was the game in Portland, but also in the finals, game one of the finals against the Warriors, where Kyrie came. You know, that whole playoff run, you know, the, the Cavs were telling people, like, Kyrie won't play through these injuries. He just won't. And, like, the other guys on the team were tired of it because everybody else was playing through stuff. And then that first game, Blatt played him, like, 40 minutes against the Warriors. I remember Kyrie got hurt, and that was it. That was the end of it. And I remember Jeff Wexler, who was his agent at the time. Is, I, they fired him, right? Wexler's no longer representing him. Is that right? Or Yeah. Correct. Okay. So, and Wexler used to represent Zoe way back, remember, with, with uh, yeah. David Falk. But Wexler was down there and, uh, and Kyrie's father and just screaming at Cavaliers personnel about the fact that Blatt played Kyrie that many minutes. It was a mess the whole year. So, I, yeah, I do think having Kemba in there, who is universally known as a good guy, good locker room guy, wants to win, uh, doesn't bring any baggage, I think that is a positive. But I don't love the rest of their mix. And so getting back to where we were here on the Heat, what I like about the Heat roster this year is that it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and, and whoever is a starter, you mentioned Dion. I think it might start the season as Dion. I think ultimately it's going to be Harrow if he's up to it. And then you bring Dion and Goran off the bench. Okay, that's what I would do. Uh, I, but, I love that kid, by the way. And I think everyone yeah. in Miami clearly loves him too, and I get why. Yeah, no, he's, he, he's, he's got an edge to him. Like, I, I, I don't, I've never seen a guy, I told Alphys, I've never seen a guy who nobody wanted to everybody wanted that quickly it's just it's totally flipped because he has a personality that's going to fit in with Miami as we always say my the Heat have always had the coolest white guys I don't know what it is it's it's weird it's like uh, at least on the teams around the league they don't have cool white guys the Heat have had Birdman and I mean, they got a cool white guy at the uh, at the head of the Dan, organization so. Jason Dan Williams Dan Marley like they've always had cool yeah. white guys like that's it, sort of yeah. hard to find in the NBA is that am I allowed to say that I'm white I'm allowed, I'm allowed to say that right um so yeah, I think I can. Uh, but I, 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 what I like about their roster the, this year is, and what you and I both hated about their roster the last two years, is that it makes sense. It, it's clean. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. clean. It, it's not. There's not a lot of complicated decisions for Eric. I mean, we're having okay. Who's the starting four? Okay, it's Olenek or it's JJ or it's Myers Leonard. All right, you know Bam's the other guy. You know Butler's the other guy. You know Winslow's going to start. Has to start. So it's just, okay, who's the other guard next to Winslow? Do you want more of a true point? Not that he really is in Dragic. Do you want a shooter in Harrow? Do you want more of a get get it off the dribble guy? And although last year was mostly and waiters. Chucky threes right. and waiters. Like yeah. you, you have you have options. You don't have twelve people you have to play. You don't have six B minus guards that you gotta throw out there, including, and this is no disrespect to Dwayne, but he was a B B minus player at the end of his at the very end of his career, which is a great tribute to him. But that's the yeah. reality but that you had to play because the fans wanted him to play because he was the only damn guy on the team who knew how to close. Like, it, it's yeah, now you have an elite. You have an elite closer now. You have an elite uh, closer. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's huge. What, that was going to be my last point on the Heat is that now Eric has someone he can turn to in the fourth quarters to finish games. Like, how many games did you watch the last couple of years where it was just a grind to try to hold yeah. on to victories? And you're, yeah. to your point, right, Dwayne um, – was still able to do it on some nights, but at 37 years old, dude, you're yeah. still counting on Dwayne Wade to close games. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. But now he's got a guy that can finish. And he had I was it. watching. A, I was watching NBA TV today, and they were showing the Charlotte Heat playoff series from a few years ago. And they had a stat they put on the screen that 
in that season, the Heat were 14 and five in games decided by five points or less. Mm-hmm. Right? The Heat, that wasn't the Heat last year. That hasn't been the Heat for the last few years. Just but because. That, but, but that was because Dwayne was three years older, Alf. I mean, that was. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. They haven't, had, they haven't had an elite closer in a long time. And that's three or four games a year. And, we, yeah. you know, the Heat have been sitting around 40, 40 wins and they can't close games. So now having Jimmy Butler out there, who was the best closer on a really good playoff team last year, is going to make a huge difference. Yeah, and, and what did they have? They had the beginning of last year. They were trying to force feed it to Josh, and he was stepping out of bounds. Like, you can't <laughs> – yeah. right? I mean, and again, no disrespect to Josh, who I, I yeah. love as a player and as a person. And, that, and by but, the way, that's going to be my – I think Philly's biggest challenge, right, yeah. is who's going to close games for them. Now, it's probably going to have to be Embiid. Um, and I think he's capable of it because he's so good at the free throw line, particularly for a big man. But in general, he's still a very good free throw shooter. Um, I would play through him at the end of games because we know it's not Josh. Al's not really that guy's more of a facilitator in that role and a guy maybe who can kind of stretch the floor a little bit and space it for you. Uh, Simmons, I don't believe he's there yet, though. Yeah, but theory, you, 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 haven't, you haven't got to the guy that Keith Boykin – we just had Boykin on the pod. Uh, Pompey, Pompey. Boykin, I'm sorry. Pom, Boykin is a, is a commentator. Why did I do that? Keith Pompey. We had Pompey on uh, right. this week, and he said it's Tobias. He said that's who they're counting oh, well, on. That, so, so that's a good one. It, it's going to have to be Tobias because he's the only wing player that actually has some kind of experience doing that. But he's not great at it. And, no, and he was okay, but he was okay with the Clippers in his stretch there. Like he was, he was okay at it. Like he wasn't great, but he was just—he was at least okay. Um, so I, it's gonna be him or Embiid. That's it. Yeah, well, I just think it's difficult to play through bigs, and, and we addressed that on last pod. I think it's tough for them. I mean, th- yeah. look, there, there, there's clarity in Milwaukee, and I, I think that's why they're going to be better than Philadelphia, even though. Oh, really? I, I think Milwaukee regresses this year. I think Philly's going to be in the finals. Uh I don't know. I, 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 I mean, you're counting, on Brooke Lopez. The best player. You're, you're counting on Brooke Lopez to shoot another 183s this year. No, no, no. But, but I do think, look, I, I, losing Brogdon hurts them. No question. Um, yeah. And, and it, no question. And I, Eric and Bledsoe? You're counting on Eric Bledsoe? What did he do in the playoffs? He no, disappeared. He was, he, he was awful at the end. But I think adding Robin uh, up front, uh, is he still a functional player who knows his role? I, I think that they haven't – look, they have – it's the same thing as when you had LeBron and, or you had Kawhi. When you have the best player, I think people fall in. I think the problem with Philadelphia, I think defensively they're going to be terrific. But I yeah. think the problem with Philadelphia is going to be at the end of games, you've got two guys who want to be the man in Simmons and Embiid because that's what they've always been told they're going to be, right? They're, they were, I mean, Embiid would have been the number one overall pick if he was healthy. Simmons was the number one, number one overall pick. And they were always told they're going to be the best player. And so, but neither of them is capable of doing it down the stretch for different reasons. And so I think it's going to be a struggle for them at the end of games. And I also think they're going to miss JJ Redick. Like that's been totally downplayed. Well, like, we're like, oh, they have this great yes. starting line. Yeah. The spacing, yeah. but it's also the intelligence that he plays with. He's an Correct. underrated defender. But that's uh, Al. That's Al's role room. now. Right. That's it's going to be Al. It's going to be Al. I, I understand that. And I have great respect for Al, but I, I do think they're going to miss JJ. All right, let's go to LA yeah. here yeah. for a second. Okay. I'm trying, I'm trying to take you out to where you actually live now. Um, okay. So Dotto just, just does not want to do LA. Well, no, and I get I, I Well, it's I because it. I talk about it every day. Okay, so <laughs> so what are you talking about? Because uh, look, you've got look, you've got the Clippers, you got the Lakers. I look at those two rosters and I say, in totality, the Clipper roster is better. I mean, it's not even close to me. Um, but I also know what a motivated LeBron looks like, <laughs> and I'm just wondering now that he'll care again. I think um, you know after Space Jam is filmed. 
And if AD can play 65, 70 games, is there well, he's played chance? 75. Last year is not and not indicative of it. The two previous years he played 75. He, he did play a lot of games. That's true. I, I always I always bang him on that, and I probably shouldn't. But if I was just to say to you, look, is there any way in your view the Lakers can be better than the Clippers this year? Well, I think there there's two ways to determine that. I don't think they're going to be the better regular season team, but I do think in the playoffs they have a legit chance, as you pointed out, with a motivated LeBron and a healthy Anthony Davis to potentially um, be the team that still represents the West in the finals because they don't, the one thing the Clippers don't have at the moment is someone that can guard Anthony Davis. They clearly have multiple guys they can throw at LeBron, but they have nothing to stop Anthony Davis. Montrez Harrell is not it. Um, Ivica Zubats is, uh, Ivica Zubats is not it. So, um, and the other thing that I think is going to swing the balance between those two teams um, or maybe the Rockets even potentially depending on, uh, even though I think they're more of an outside team as far as the title is concerned, um, is Andre Iguodala. Um, mm. I know Memphis is going to try to trade him. It's the right move to try to trade him. I just don't know if there's anybody that's going to give him anything uh, of value for that, uh, for Andre Iguodala, because it's $17 million on the books that you have to still get. So you have to get within, like, you know, whatever it is, the 80%. So they're going to have to give up 12 or $13 million. Like, I just don't know if Memphis is going to want to take something back like that. Um, so – I think that Iguodala could swing the balance in some ways, uh, particularly if he goes to the Clippers. I think it actually helps them more because then you have three guys you can throw at LeBron. And even though you don't have someone to guard Anthony Davis, then you're really putting LeBron in a bind that we've never seen before, even as motivated as he could be. So um, I, I think the answer, there's two answers to that. It's, I think the Clippers are the better regular season team. I don't even I, – I, I mean, barring catastrophic injuries, I think that – that shouldn't be debatable. But in the, in the playoffs, I need to see how they deal with LeBron and AD if they're healthy, if they match up against each other. Like, I think that, to me, is the biggest question I have about the Clippers. George, what kind of reception is Dwight getting over there? It's interesting. He, <laughs> he hasn't been very well. I mean, he's not the most popular guy in L.A. No, and we know that Kobe and Shaq still feel the same way about him, clearly, after what we saw on Twitter. <laughs> <It's hilarious. laughs> right. Um, like, uh, so um, I think it's going to be mixed. Uh, I think there are people, rational people will say it's a non-guaranteed contract until January 7th. It's a minimum deal. You have nothing to lose. All upside. I'm with them on that. Like, if we played the game in a vacuum, mm -hmm. um, I think that if he's on the roster on January 7th and his contract becomes guaranteed, I, I question the ego part of it, not the actual skill part of it. If Dwight is healthy, Dwight can still play at a high level. If he's going to set hard screens and run to the rim and things like that, like, and roll to the rim, like, he can still be really great at that at this age. Um, and defensively, he can still be really good. He can rebound the ball well. He's still a good anticipator of, of shot, uh, blocking shots. Um, I think it's just all in be the, between his ears. And if he can get that part right, I think he can be a real contributor. But, yeah, it's going to be a <laughs> – I don't necessarily think he's going to be uh, getting cheered. Um, but I, I think that he's going to have to kind of prove it to Laker fans a little bit that he's ready to truly be on board. Because there's a guy on Twitter, his Twitter handle is at Pickup Hoops, who did like this crazy funny mashup of Dwight. And it's the last – few teams he's been on including the last Lakers stint and 
the one common theme, it's just like a couple of seconds of every press conference and including one interview, a sit down he did with Mark Stein a couple years ago for Sports Center, where he's like talking about a fresh start and being humbled and needing a fresh start. <laughs> and this is where he's going to end his career. And it's kind of funny um, because here's the thing. Last year, I was on set uh, on the jump. Rachel had Dwight on and it was me and Rachel. And I'm pretty sure it was a mean on with us. And Dwight was on there and he was telling us that he's changed and, you know, he understands and that, you know, he, he's going to be a better teammate and blah, blah, blah. And I'm a changed man and I know my role now. And I look, I bought it hook, line and sinker because he was right in front of me. You know, like I talked to him in the breaks and I'm like, man, yeah, he's, he must have turned a new leaf. And then clearly that wasn't the case. You know, you talk to people in Atlanta and in Charlotte and the guys in the locker room, figuratively and in some cases literally were like cheering that he left when they saw that he was traded so it's just a weird deal man he's a hall of fame player who people just don't like it's kind of like the opposite of mellow people like mellow um i just think that the front offices are way more afraid of mellow than um the players are i think the players would like mellow on there at least most of them maybe not all of them right um but I do agree with Royce White when it comes to Melo. If LeBron wanted Melo on the Lakers, he would have been on the Lakers. Yeah, well, see, see, George, that's the whole thing to me, right? So, I mean, that, that's the, you know, and look, if, if Dwayne had wanted Carmelo on the Heat, he would have been on the Heat. Like, I, I just think, like. Well, know, he, we, was. We got, he was. Last year, right? Carmelo, it was down to the Heat and Rockets. And yeah, Melo chose the Rockets. Yeah, I know. I know. But, well, kind of, yeah. But, I, look, I, if LeBron wanted him, he'd take him. I mean, there's nothing on that Laker roster, so he could certainly get him if he wanted to. The, the funny thing about it is the Heat are the only team in the Southeast Division Dwight hasn't played for. Uh, he, he made he made the entire oh, trip. Wow. So he tried yeah. a trip around the Southeast, and he didn't make it there. All right, follow him at Sedano ESPN. Obviously, like I mentioned, the jump, around the horn, all of those other places, and uh, we appreciate it. We, we'll, we'll wait at least three months before bringing you back, we promise. Okay, sounds good. What's three months? So we're looking at like, uh, That's, yeah, like, uh, like, like Thanksgiving. Like, th- like Thanksgiving, exactly. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll see where the heat are books. after. We'll see you where the heat are after a month. I, I think they're. I think they're going to be uh, well first place in their division. Although that doesn't say much. But Though yeah, they start, I, they start on the West Coast, right? That I, that's not going to be easy. I, I, I think they're going to be better than people think. You and I are in agreement on this. All right, follow Matt Sedano, ESPN. That's it. We're done. Bye. See you. See you. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.